Welcome back to the Multi-Channel Reseller Podcast. This is Joshua Esters, and I am back again with another episode. I hope you all are doing well. I hope your business is going well, your life is going well, your work is going well, all that you do is going well. Uh, shout out to the new listeners, um, and shout out to the Permanent Collection. Um, you know, be getting a lot of new listeners lately, and um, really appreciate that. Really appreciate that. Although my uploading schedule um, doesn't exist, <laughs> I still appreciate still appreciate you guys still tuning in, and I, I do hope uh, to change that um, in the uh, in the medium term, in the medium term future. So, you know, uh, this 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 year, um, although not over, right? Although not over. We still, uh, what are we in? We're in, we're in Q4 right now. Um, but this year has been one to reflect on. And I'm actually going to be start doing this earlier in the year, just like reflecting. Because the thing is, like, I am, uh, you know, I am becoming um, more... compartmentalized I guess you could say in my e-commerce business where it's like okay well here's Q, Q4 like I'm I'm Q4 is already done for me you know for the for the most part what I mean by that is I'm not scrambling for products I'm not scrambling to see what I'm going to sell I'm not scrambling for money I'm not scrambling for you know to I'm not scrambling and uh um you know in in years past yeah sure I was uh you know not scrambling necessarily but, you know, running around like a chicken with his head cut off. Um, so, you know, Q4 is, that stuff is prepared and already set up at least by Q2. Um, and then Q, during Q4, I think would be a good time for reflection, reflection on the year. Because, I mean, you know, by, by that time you should be done. You know what I'm saying? You should be pretty much done in terms of work. Um, for the most part right now, it's just maintaining, you know, maintaining the flow, right? That's pretty much what it is. It's just management at this point. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, but you know, this, this year has been, it's been interesting. I am coming up on, um, coming up on one year from the time I quit smoking and I don't even remember exactly, uh, I don't remember anymore the exact date or month it was exactly. I think maybe November or I think maybe October. I don't, I don't remember, <clears throat> but um, I did do a podcast about it last year. But um, and um, yeah, I haven't reviewed the podcast to to get the dates and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, so I had two health goals this this uh, you know within the last twelve months. Um, one was to quit smoking, and uh, that's that's done. And then the other one was to lose weight, lose fifty pounds. That ain't happened. And uh, I'm not even close. <laughs> um, but but let me let me first talk about the smoking thing for a second. The smoking thing is actually um, is 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 pretty cool in the sense that I don't um, I don't desire to smoke. You know, I don't desire it. Um, do I think about it? I don't think about it either. And sometimes I do have passing thoughts of like, oh, you know, you know, would I go out and have a cigar? You know, maybe I, 
you know, you know, you know, in the future, right? If I'm celebrating or if I'm I'm, I'm out with a group of guys or something like that, would I entertain a cigar? And I don't think so. You know, um, it's almost like um, someone who was an alcoholic at one point. They stopped drinking, and then they asked themselves, "Well, do should I socially drink?" You know, and the answer is no, right? You know, if someone offers them a drink during a celebration, they probably will not have one. So, um, I think nine point nine out of ten, I probably will not entertain a cigar um, in the future. Other than that, I have not thought about it um, at least for the past I don't know, you know, four or five months or so. But I would say, I would say, I still do have like a. Um, it's a lot less now, but almost the entire time I've had this, uh, my physiological response that I get when I want to smoke or when, I, um, and when I'm craving to smoke, um, I still get that. I still get that physiological response. I would say in the last couple of months, uh, maybe last month or so, it's been a lot um, less uh, intense. But, you know, I get these, these, these you know, feelings in my jaws um, that I would get when I was smoking when I would go too long without smoking or if I'm, you know, really wanting to smoke. Uh, I get these, these, these intense feelings in my jaws. It's very, it's a very annoying and irritable feeling and I become, and I am irritable. I become irritable, you know, and that's something I had to overcome. That was a big, a big thing that, that, that craving that was a big thing to try to overcome when I quit. Um, and I, I tried all kinds of things. You know, I, I talked about that too in, in the podcast last year about how I quit smoking. Um, I don't know what episode that was, but I think it's called like um, I quit my, uh, the episode's called like I quit my um, most, I quit my most wealth draining habit, something like that. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, I, and I'm doing much better. And that's partly why, you know, if you've been listening why I kind of drink, um, I've been drinking soda. Soda, um, has been helping me with the, uh, the, the cravings in a sense. Um, but not entirely helping me because I do notice that now my, uh, now my, you know, I'm, I'm sort of, you know, I sort of switch the focus, right. To smoking, to having a drink of soda. Um, so I was drinking just regular cola and, um, you know, I'll, I'll drink mini cans, you know, I'll throw those back to back, um, earlier on, you know, um, and, and then I switched to, uh, zero sugar or zero calorie because, <clears throat> you know, for obvious reasons, right. You know, so I'm not taking in so many calories, um, and, 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 and affecting my, my weight. Um, and then I actually fell in love with the drinks, you know, so I really enjoy them. So I have them out or I have them all the time. So I, I drink them on the podcast. I don't have with, with me, I don't have one with me now. I'm saving it for later. <laughs> so um, so I, I enjoy the the cola, but I do recognize that um, there has been somewhat of a shift um, where it's like, okay, sometimes when I'm getting a craving, it's not a craving to smoke. It's actually a craving or a physiological response to actually drink uh, some you know some zero calorie cola. Um, so, um, so that, that's, it's kind of prolonged it after, uh, I think after a while it kind of prolonged the, 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 the response that I, you know, the, the physiological response that I have. Um, but I would, I would say it's a lot less intense now than ever before, but for a very long time, it was very strong. Um, 
very strong. I was literally probably up until about a month ago. It was the, the feeling was as if I was still smoking. Um, and you know, so that, that's, but the good thing is I don't think about smoking when I'm crave, when I'm having those cravings, you know, maybe it's not, maybe I shouldn't say craving. Maybe I was just, cause craving is the, you know, the desire to do a specific thing. I don't desire to do it. It's just, I get that feeling as if I want to do it. And, um, and that, that, that physiological, physiological response in my jaws. But um, so that so that so that's been going well, and that's allowed me to and trip this out. So um, before I quit smoking, I had um, um, I had uh, signed up for a life insurance uh, policy, um, just getting my ducks in a row in that area, and um, my life insurance was like a hundred and fifty-seven dollars. You know, while my while my wife was like thirty bucks. You know, what I'm saying a month. Um, and then mine was like 150 because I was a smoker. And, um, a couple weeks ago I had, uh, uh, applied for a new policy as a non-smoker now. And my, um, my payment, um, has went down dramatically. So not only did I, uh, what did I do? I did, I did, um, I was on a 10 year term policy, uh, for $157 previously. But now I, I'm on a 20-year term policy, and the payment's going to be 50 bucks a month. So just that right there. So I'm saving money, um, saving $100, and I'm also gaining more years in, um, in, in term policy, you know. So um, there's a lot of gain there, a lot of uh, positive gain there. So um, that's, that, that's, that, that blew my mind. I did not know it was going to be that, um, that much cheaper, $100 cheaper. So... $100 cheaper is $1,200 a year in savings in addition to uh, having 10 more years on top of what I previously had um, of, 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 of term policy. So that's been great. Now, as far as my weight goes, my weight actually has not gone down too much. I would say on average, um, let's see, I probably lost about seven, eight pounds on average. I'm always bouncing back and forth in between 204, 205, up to like 209. That's where I'm going back and forth now. Previously, before I made the weight go, I was going in between uh, 213 up to like 219, you know. Um, so I do feel better though. You know, I am, uh, I do eat better. Um, I'm, I do, yeah, I'm more conscious about what I eat. I do eat better than I was before. I don't eat a lot of frozen foods. Um, I, I, I watch my sodium intake a lot my sodium intake, um, and a lot, of, and partly because I do drink, like I said, I do drink the colas, and then, you know, uh, I do drink the, the mini, mini colas, mini sized colas, and then I also drink, um, I also drink a regular sized cola as well, but, um, they have sodium in it, not a lot of sodium, but I'm conscious of, I know I'm taking in sodium when I'm drinking that stuff, so I'm conscious of the sodium that I take during, um, while, while I'm eating, and I'm conscious of a lot of things, uh, so it has not equated to a huge weight loss, but I do feel better. You know, I feel better. I feel stronger. I feel more um, alive, I guess you could say. So, you know, the, the journey is still continuing. You know, success, success is a journey, not a destination. So, um, but like I said, when I first brought up this, these goals, I said, hey, you know, the 50 pound goal, if I don't reach it, I'm not going to be mad. 
You know what I'm saying? If I don't, I'm not going to be upset. I'm not going to be hard on myself. I don't, I don't, it's not that big of a deal. But I did make massive changes to my diet and how I eat and how conscious I am of what I do. That's a win for me um, for now. Then the, the weight will follow because sometimes I do, in, I indulge a little bit. Um, even though I fast, I fast a lot. I still, you know, maybe indulge with a little too many calories. I'm obviously taking in more calories than I'm burning for the most part. Um, so, so that's, that's that. So, <clears throat> yeah, you know, let's, 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 let's get into the episode a little bit. Let's, let's, let's get into the episode. So winter is coming, y'all. Winter is coming. And um, if you don't know that reference, that is a Game of Thrones reference. You know, one of the greatest shows of all time. And um, if you don't know, if you don't know what that is, basically uh, when winter's coming, basically the the battle is coming. The, the big, big battle. You know what I mean? The big battle that's going to determine life or death for everybody. Now, it's not that extreme that I'm talking about, but I'm just, you know, just say... Uh, it's just, I'm just making a reference to the economy, okay? So my perspective in, the, in what I am operating on is that we are, going to, um, we are going to enter into a realm of hardship as it relates to the economy, okay? That is what I'm operating on. There are a lot of people operating on, well, this is the bottom. We're only going to go up from here. That's cool. But I'm not operating on that. I'm operating on the fact that there may be one more, at, at least, at least one more leg down, one good one, one stiff leg down in the economy, okay, um, before we actually start doing things, uh, before we start making a turnaround. Now, that's the least of my, of my personal projection. Now, worst case scenario for me is... We take one leg down and we stay down for a long time, for, you know, a decade, you know. Um, <clears throat> now, that doesn't mean, you know, the world is ending. It doesn't mean everything's going to be bad. But what I'm, what I'm saying is winter is coming and you need to prepare yourself for winter. That's what this episode's about. So you, you need to prepare yourself. And I would listen, I would I would listen to the last episode if you haven't already. I will listen to the last episode with this one to bring to, you know, to to combine the ideas because it's somewhat similar, but I'm going to go into um um, um I'm going to talk a little bit more in depth about a few things. Uh about a few top a few more topics. Um and uh and how we can prepare for this upcoming winter, okay? So if you're not familiar, well, speaking of winter's coming, anybody watching House of Dragons? Anybody watching that shit? Yo, I, I am, I am, I am, I'm, I'm disappointed, man. I'm disappointed. But I'm gonna keep watching it. I'm gonna keep watching it. I'm, I'm invested. But I am like, this was not it. This, this was not the move. This was not the move, you know what I mean? So, so uh, I just think it was just the whole series, how they're doing it. And real quick before we get into the episode, uh, this is for the people who, you know, who are watching it, you know, for the few of you probably. So, so 
the, I think it would have been good. I think, I think it would have been good if they, you know, you know, not made it so short, you know, because what they're doing is they're taking this long span of time and they're condensing time, right? I don't know how much time they're trying to condense into the, uh, to these number of episodes that they're trying to do, but you can tell that they're moving, you know, next episodes, two years later, next episodes, 10 years later, you know, and then, you know, and then depending on when you're listening to this, if you're listening to this, you know, before the next episode comes out, the next episode is going to be like five or six years later, you know? So we're, 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 we're advancing through this, through this time. And it's like, well, what's happening in between? Like, it's not making any sense. And, and I, and I, I wish we were able to see what was happening more. So I think because they did it that way, it made it unnecessary. It, it just made it like, it's not necessary. It wasn't necessary to create the series if they were going to move through it that fast. That's my first critique. My second critique is it would have been good. It would have been good if they had more variety, like just more variety in the characters. If you if you watch Game of Thrones, which I am now, I'm, I'm watching regular Game of Thrones now. I'm so upset with House of Dragons. I started watching Game of Thrones again, you know, just to feel better about myself. You know, and then when you watch it, you you look at it, it's like, man, it's such variety and character and characters and just, you know, uh, in storylines, it's, 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 it's beautiful, right? It's, it's, that's how I would describe it. It's beautiful. And, um, you know, right now I'm rewatching it for like the third time. But when I look at House of Dragons, I'm just like, this was unnecessary. So my second critique is, um... It would have been great, or it would have been a lot better if they would have just just let it just 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 let the time be as it is, you know, not to just try to advance it so much, you know. Um, uh, that's kind of like my my first critique, so it's kind of the same thing. But um, but with that being said, it's just not necessary to create, you know. It's just a waste. I, I think it, it they they could have you know taken advantage of the fact that they didn't have to make a sequel. You know, using the Targaryens, you don't have to make a sequel, but it would have been great. Uh, it would have been a great excuse to come up with another Game of Thrones by you know by doing the Targaryen thing, um, but taking it slow. You know, it would have been a great excuse just to make another Game of Thrones, you know, um, but but it wasn't. So I'm gonna keep watching it, though. All right. <clears throat> OK, so we're 20 minutes in. Haven't got into anything yet. <laughs> um, so, all right. So so winter is coming. Let's 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 give a um, uh, let's give a. A brief synopsis of where we are right now um, in terms of uh, economics and. Um, for those who aren't following it, okay? So here's the thing. Inflation, okay? There's no denying inflation. You can say what you want to say. You, there's, you can't argue it. You, can't, you cannot argue inflation. It's everywhere, okay? It is everywhere. And a lot of you are seeing it. Now, if you are not a participant in the economy, you don't buy anything, you, 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 know, you don't pay any rent, you, 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 you're, you're in high school, okay? You're in high school or you're in college with no responsibilities financially. You don't get it. You're not going to get it, okay? 
I remember in the last crisis, 2008, that's when I started going to college. I, did, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. I think I started going to college in like 2000, the fall of, the fall of 2007, uh, somewhere around there. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know. You know. I didn't know what the hell was going on around me. All I knew was there's a shit ton of people trying to get classes. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, you know, like I'm, I'm trying to, where are these people coming from? Okay. And there's people who, the economy was bad. So what do people do? They go back to school. You know, I didn't understand that. But, um, but I remember that everything else I was unaffected by. Okay. So if you're not participating in the economy, this is very hard to understand. Now, back then I was participating in the economy. I just didn't understand what was going on. Um, or I didn't understand anything was going on really. So, um, <clears throat> But if you are a participant, if you're buying things, you're buying houses, you're you're paying for rent, you're you know you're you, you, you know you're 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 e-commerce seller, you're buying products, you're you know getting you're paying for freight charges, you're doing this. You're, if you're paying money and earning money, you see the inflation. Okay, it's a huge problem. Now, here's where we are. We are at a point where. The Federal Reserve is supposed to help out with this. The Federal Reserve is or has been raising the federal funds rate since last year. Okay, so the federal funds rate is the rate that banks use to borrow money from each other. All right. So, for example, let's say that the uh, 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 was um, let's just say J.P. Morgan Chase. You know, everybody knows them. Let's say J.P. Morgan Chase has all the money or has a lot of money. And then the little bank over here, the bank with only one branch, wants to borrow money because they need money. They need money for their customers to lend to their customers. So what do they do? They go to J.P. Morgan Chase and says, hey, I want to borrow some money. OK, I want to borrow money from you so I can lend it to my customers. J.P. Morgan Chase used to be able to lend it for 0.25% annual percentage rate. Okay. Now, uh, as of today, it's what? 3.25, I think. 3.25. And it may be different, you know, depending on when you're, when you're listening to this. So now it's more expensive. So it's 3.25%. Okay. Now the, the federal reserve is claiming they are going to keep raising rates. Okay. Why do they keep raising rates? What does that have to do with inflation? Here's what this has to do with inflation. If little bank A goes to J.P. Morgan Chase and they borrow money at a higher rate, let's say now it's five percent. Okay, they're gonna take that money. Okay, and they're gonna say they're gonna the little bank A is gonna go to their customers and say, Hey, I have this money over here, apply for a loan. I'm going to charge you 10% because they're there. They bought the money wholesale from JP Morgan Chase at 5%. They're going to sell it to you because you bank with little bank, little bank a, they're going to sell the money to you for 10%. They're going to sell it to you retail. That's how that works. Banks borrow money from each other. Okay. They buy money wholesale and sell to you retail. We should all understand this or or we should all be able to be able to understand this based on the the uh, the 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 nature of our work, okay? The nature of our business. So, you 
are going to Little Bank A and say, okay, I want to, you know, buy some products. I want to go to Alibaba. I want to, you know, or buy some wholesale products here, or I want to do this, but man, I don't have enough money. Okay. I don't have cash. I go to Little Bank A. Little Bank A wants to charge 10% on a loan. Now, six months ago, it was 5%. Let's say, for example, quote unquote. You're like, whoa, that's a big jump. That's a double that's an increase. So the cost of money increases. You are now second guessing your decision to expand your business. Okay. You are less likely to. You're somewhat discouraged to do it, discouraged to do it. You're like, okay, well, maybe I can do something else. Maybe I could do something else to make some money, you know. Or I can just, I'm just cool making the money that I have. I'll wait until I save the amount of money that I need to spend to spend. Okay. So what does that do? You didn't borrow the money. So when you borrow the money, that means money's created. Money's created when you borrow it. Okay. If you didn't borrow it, that means you didn't give it to somebody. If you don't give it to somebody, that means they didn't give it to somebody. And if they don't give it to somebody, that means they didn't give it to anybody. And what that means is there's less money circulating. Okay. There's less business. Less business. So that means the economy starts to slow down. Okay. This economy starts to slow down because interest rates are starting to increase. And then what do people start doing? They start saving their money. They don't want you to save money. They want you to spend it. Because if you're saving it, that means you're not giving it away. That means you're not paying any, you're not paying someone for it. And if you're not paying somebody, they're not collecting taxes on that money that you're saving. You know, and, you know, unless you, you know, you, you, you get interest, but how much is the interest? The interest is very low right now. So, um, so all of that being said is when the federal funds rate increases, the, there's a somewhat of a, uh, a trickle down effect in terms of people stop spending money, people stop borrowing money and the economy begins to slow down. If the economy is slowing down, if people aren't spending money, if you're not going to Walmart, if you're not going to, uh, uh, if you're not spending, if you're not borrowing money, right, to spend on advertising on Facebook or you're not spending it on these businesses, what do the businesses do when you're not spending money on them? They begin to shrink. And when they begin to shrink, what does that do? They have to cut employees because there's less work for them to do. And what does that do? That increases high, uh, that increases unemployment rate. Okay. When the unemployment rate goes up, that's a sign that inflation uh, is coming down. That's a sign. It's a, um, what do you call that? It is a, um, uh, it is an indicator. It's not a lagging indicator. It's the opposite of lagging, whatever the opposite of lagging means. So it's an, it's, it, it, the inflation already happened. The uh, decrease in inflation already happened by the time the unemployment rate increases. Okay. So the unemployment rate increases as a result of inflation decreasing. All right. So <clears throat> we haven't got to high unemployment yet. That's why I think things are going to go down a little bit. I could be wrong. This is not financial advice. I'm just telling you I'm operating on this. Okay. We have not gone. We have not gotten to high unemployment. The, according to the experts, quote unquote, we are, you know, uh, our economy is 
doing well. Now, the, the, the critique or the, um, what, some, what some other contrarian experts, I guess you can say, are saying is, well, yeah, there's low um, unemployment because people are having multiple jobs to, ta- to be able to handle the inflation that we have right now. Okay? They're working multiple jobs to be able to pay for all the inflated, inflated goods that were inflated. All right. But either way, we do not have high unemployment. We have high inflation without high unemployment. Federal Reserve and uh, the Federal Reserve Bank, the theory is in order to beat inflation, we have to keep people from spending money. And guess what people are doing? People are still spending money. Okay. Um, so that's where we are now. So the federal funds rate, I mean, it's getting they're, 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 you know, if you, if you look up FMOC, F, FOMC meetings, that's when they talk about, you know, when they're going to be, um, that's when they, that's when they lower rates or, or make the announcements where they're going to increase the federal funds rate or not, you know, but, um, but anyways, what, what does that have to do with us? Okay. It has a lot to do with us. And that's why I say I want you to listen to the last episode because I talk about this a little bit. Um, and and it, it's about credit, right? So a lot of people buy things on credit, okay? A lot of people buy things when they're feeling great about the economy, okay? A lot of people buy things under those scenarios. That's just how it is. Now, are, are there customers? Are there people who buy things from their literally from their own savings? Sure. I mean, I mean, they make enough money to spend the money that they spend, you know, without having to borrow more. That is that is that is true. Okay, but we cannot deny that a part of our business, especially e-commerce, because because credit is advertised to customers so often in e-commerce. If you look at Amazon, you look at if you look at any of the selling platforms, Poshmark, eBay. You know, they each are advertising that you borrow the money. You borrow the money to buy what's in your cart, right? So you got, you got those, you got those uh, companies like uh, what, Klarna, uh, what is the other ones? Uh, Affirm and all these different things are, you know, they're right under your, they're right under the price when you're, you know, shopping, you click on it, you apply for a loan, you can pay $12 a month for four months instead of paying 50 bucks right now. You know, so <clears throat> so we we can't we cannot uh, underestimate you know um, the importance of credit you know in in what we do and it's actually across the board but just you know really into e-commerce that's what we're, that's what we're talking about for the most part that's that so what 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 is important okay what is important because winter is coming y'all winter is coming now I could be completely wrong about this right. Because here's the thing, the Federal Reserve, they're, they've been, you know, talking real tough about inflation about how, and beating inflation. They could be lying. They've lied many times before. This is not nothing new. They say some shit and they don't do it. Or they say some shit and they do the opposite, right? Because they have to say things to calm the American public down. Because if they panic, then a whole bunch of other non uh, uh, things that they don't want to happen happens. Okay, so they got to, you know, you know, say things in a way where people don't panic. And sometimes it's just a lie. So they could be lying. Now, if they're not lying, uh, um, if, if they're lying, right, if they're lying about 
making inflation the number one priority, beating inflation the number one priority, then that means everything I'm operating on is false. Because what that means is we're just going to, you know, continue expanding, you know. But right now, it doesn't look like that. I mean, stocks are down 80, 90%. Crypto's down 80, 90%. You know, everything's down 80, 90%, you know. So, um, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, and inflation is real. Like, like I'm, I'm looking at, and, and, a, and a part of the reason why, uh, I didn't really talk about this in, in my episode, I Quit Q4. I didn't really talk about this because I didn't really think about this till after. I'm, uh, I, I'm, you know, Q4 is a, is a time that I, I sell seasonal items. I sell season, seasonal items all year. But my other part of my business is the seasonal items business. And I love uh, selling Christmas uh, seasonal items. I love it. You know, um, it, it brings a variety to my business. There's, there's, there's some joy to it. You know, it, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful time of the year. Okay. So, um, but the prices, the prices of wholesale have gone up. Okay. And also the freight charges are still, are still pretty high. Okay. So what that does is it, it brings my landing costs up by, you know, 30, 40, 50% almost than it was in previous years. Now my, my, what I believe, I believe the customer is not ready to pay more for a lot of things, you know, because I'm just like, I can't, I can't, I'm looking at these products that I used to sell. I'm like, I can't sell this stuff. I cannot sell this. Not at the price that I need to, to for me to make a margin, for me to make a, a reasonable, a reasonable margin. So I would have to commit to lower margins to keep the price at it, at where it's, you know, at where it's at, to keep price at for the customer to keep the, um, the, the price for the customer at where it was previously, I would have to take a, a huge pay cut. And how does that make any sense? So hell no, I'm not doing that. Okay. So I usually spend like what, 30, $40,000 every Q4, uh, you know, for Q4 seasonal items, maybe 50, I don't know, but somewhere around there this year, I, I got like three, I got $3,000, uh, less than three thousand dollars in 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 seasonal Christmas seasonal um, products products, uh, and that, that, that's just for like, and I'm still gonna be taking somewhat of a pay cut to a certain degree, but not a huge one on some of the products because they were priced, they still were priced pretty decent, um, and um, and and they were they were good sellers last year, so I want to restock, okay. So, but, but it's not a lot. Like that's, that's nothing. I probably would make like a thousand bucks. You know what I'm saying? So it's really nothing. So I'm just, I'm really doing it for the joy of doing it. And also just to, sure. I mean, it's a thousand dollars. That's going to be easily made, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, so, you know, yeah. But anyways, so what's important? Uh, cash flow is important. Cash flow is going to be important. Okay. So if we, if what I'm uh, projecting will happen with higher unemployment. Now, sales across the board um, for a lot of people have been, you know, been up and down and been a little, little, little shaky, depending on what niche you're in. You know, some people are, are, are unaffected. I'm not going to sit here and say everybody's affected. I'm talking generally speaking, okay? I think some of us have, ex have, have been experiencing somewhat of a, a, a dip in sales, you know, for whatever reason. You know, it could be algorithm, it could be economy, it could be your particular niche, it could be whatever, you know, but there's, 
generally speaking, um, and you know, I have seen a dip. Like I've talked about this quite a bit of times. I've, I've seen a dip in myself since May 1st, literally May 1st. Okay. I was literally doing anywhere from a thousand to $1,300 a day on Etsy alone. I sell on Etsy. I sell on Amazon. I sell on Poshmark. I sell on, um, uh, Macari, but not, not often. Uh, what am I missing? eBay. Okay. I sell on all these platforms, but Etsy alone, I'm doing like $1,300 on average, about $1,100 a month. May 1st hit, that was all gone. Okay. Now I talk about that in other previous episodes, but anyways, so, so, um, so, um, anyway, so, so cash flow is going to, uh, be king. Okay. Cash flow is going to be king. See, if you're, if you anticipate having less sales, okay. In, in and of itself, that's not a bad thing in and of itself. Okay. It's never good when you have a dip in sales, but, um, I, I was saying, it, I would say that it could become a really bad thing. Okay. It can become a really bad thing when it's combined with other things. I'm going to get into that in a second. So cash flow is king. Okay. You got to have cash flow. Cash flow don't make it complicated. You know what I'm saying? It's income minus expenses every single month. Income minus expenses every single month. What is your profit? Okay. Just, just keep it simple. Okay. Every month. And then how likely is that to occur again next month? That's cash flow for me. Okay. So how likely it is to continue every month that is determined by the strength of the cash flow. See, there's strength in your cash flow right now. How strong is it? It will depend on what you're doing. Okay. So for example, uh, it all depends. You know, you have to find the, what in your niche, in your market, what, where's the strength in the cash flow? So for example, if I'm selling luxury items, luxury items are going to be the first to take a hit in a down, in a downward, uh, economy, right? Luxury items take the, take the hit, take the hit the first. Okay. So is there strength in the luxury market? Well, you know, whatever luxury market that you're in. Okay. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Okay. Here's, here's another example. Okay. Is there strength in the cash flow? In this example, where, where is the strength in the cash flow in this example? Have, there's two business models that you can follow. Um, uh, there's many business models you can follow, but there's two of them that I'm going to highlight right now. You have the wholesale. Uh, uh, um, um, well, the, the, it's, they're both wholesale, but there's two different ways you can do it. Okay, so they're both wholesale. So it's, it's one business model, excuse me. So in wholesale... That's a particular business model you're following and, and you want to find strength in your cash flow or you want to seek strength in your cash flow. Look at this example. On the one hand, you can buy products wholesale, right? If you want to do Amazon FBA wholesale, whatever that's called over there, you want to do Amazon FBA wholesale, you want to buy products wholesale, but you buy from this company that doesn't have any map pricing, minimum advertised pricing. It doesn't have any limit on how many Amazon sellers that can sell sell on Amazon. It, it, you just buy it. You just buy the products. They're always in stock, you know. So you just buy unlimited stock of this product. Guess what? The person behind you is going to do the same thing, and then now you're the fifty eleventh uh, uh, seller on a particular listing on Amazon. Is there strength? Is there strength in that cash flow? No, because you're probably going to sell at, sell at a loss, 
or um, it's going to take you a long time to sell because you're waiting for other sellers to drop off. Versus the opposite of that, getting with a company, getting with a wholesale company that limits their uh, Amazon sellers, that has limited stock, you know, um, for seasonal items, that maybe that maybe has limited stock, or they have limited Amazon sellers, and yeah, and and which one has more strength in the cash flow? Obviously, the second because you're not gonna be in, in, in minimum advertised pricing in the second example, right? So minimum, minimum advertised pricing, they have limited, um, um, they have limited Amazon sellers. And, you know, sure, they can, they can be in stock all they want if those two scenarios are there. But um, <clears throat> which one is their strength in the cash flow, okay? I mean, it's obvious, right? So so cash flow is king. Now, you can, you know, I've, I've built my business on taking risks uh, from the former when there's no minimum advertised pricing no limit, no limited, uh, uh, no, you know, limit on Amazon sellers. Anybody can, you know what I'm saying? I built my business on that model. You know, I, I took in, took, I took major risks. I lost some money and, um, not a lot. I, I, yeah, I didn't lose a lot of money. I made a lot of money, you know, doing that, but it's very risky. It's very risky, you know? So which, in a downward economy, right? In a downward economy, which one would you choose? See, in an upward economy, see, people, you, you start thinking you can take risks like that. It's, it's very stupid to do, you know, when you sit back and think about it. But the opportunity was there, you know, I made a whole bunch of money, it worked out. But it's very bad business when you think about it, okay? So, so cash flow is key. You're going to need cash flow. Okay, you got to find the strength or seek the strength in your cash flow because you're going to need cash flow. That's that's just the bottom line, you know. Um, you can't really take all those crazy risks, you know. You want to find, you know, take advantage of all the low-hanging fruit and you want to get rid of all of the uh, uh, the risky stuff for the most part. You know, all the stuff that's, you know, that's, oh, you know, I may make money, I may not make money, I'm going to take a risk. You got to get rid of that. You got to get that out of the equation as much as you possibly can. And then focus on the low-hanging fruit and seek for strength and cash flow in what you're doing. And whatever business model you have, whatever market you're in, find the strength in the cash flow. Okay? All right. <clears throat> so um, the next part here is what we, what we need to focus on is getting out of debt. All right? So um, like I said, a reduction in income is not necessarily bad, but it could be bad if you have debt or if you have um, too much debt, more debt than your cash flow can handle. Okay, because your cash flow, uh, obviously, um, this is where it gets a little bit complicated. But not when I say complicated, I don't mean you know really complicated. I'm just saying it's more complicated than the original. Oh, income minus expenses. It's not just that because your monthly payments on your uh, debt is not an expense. Some of it may be if, if you're paying interest, but your payment in and of itself is not an expense. You can't expense your payment. So your cash flow is, you know, is in this case is income minus expenses minus your, 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 uh, your, your monthly obligations. 
okay? And then that'd be like your, you know, your net cash flow, <laughs> you know? Um, <clears throat> so so here's, here's why debt is, is gonna be a problem for most people, okay? Um, before I even came to this conclusion that I was gonna take this approach to my business, it's a, you know, doom and gloom, call it what you want, you know, um, approach. Um, it, it, before I even did that, I was already uh, moving my debt into 0% um, situations. So I have some debt that's the 0%, you know, you pay, you know, uh, you pay interest up front, you know, 2% of whatever balance you want. Um, basically balance transfers. I was doing some balance transfers. My credit cards, they offer these balance transfers every year. And I, I take advantage of them for the most part. So I got quite a bit, I, all of my debt, um, all of my debt that I'm not paying off right away is at 0%. Um, but, but the number is quite significant. You know, it, it's, it's, it's more, it's significant more so than what I need it to be. Okay. Um, it needs to be lower, you know? So I am, you know, taking, I'm, I'm, you know, hammering my, I'm hammering my debt right now. You know, it's one thing that I'm doing because <clears throat> now I, I am, I am, uh, working towards and doing things to increase my cash flow. But worst case scenario, let's say whatever I do doesn't work, I need to be able to weather that storm in case my plans to increase my cash flow does not work, okay? So uh, I may still come out on top. I may, you know, my, may, I may, whatever plans that I, you know, the plans that I do have to increase my cash flow, it may work out well, you know? And then I have, you know, I, either way, I would have paid off my debt, a lot, um, you know, and become more, you know, Debt, more debt free, you know, uh, I'll be able to even enjoy more fruits of my labor, labor, if, if what I'm planning works out. But if what I'm planning doesn't work out, I need to be able to weather that storm because the name of the game is stay in the game. You want to be able to stay in the game. You know, you don't want to get kicked out of the game. That's, that's when you lose. So um, getting out of debt. Now, if interest rates are going up, the federal funds rates are going up, rates across the board generally go up. So the rates on your credit cards are going to go up. Now, probably this is this is me speculating. The reason why these companies um, are extending zero percent offers or have been ex extending zero percent offers to you know their premium customers or whatever because that's what they generally do um, is because they know rates are going to be be pretty high, <laughs> you know, in the future. You know, they give you 18, 12 months, whatever zero percent. They know they're they know they probably have a, a they're probably uh, betting that rates will be really high. So they're going to make more money from you because they already know you're going to run up the balance. They have a lot of time. Yeah, sure. I, I, ran, I ran up my balance, you know, 0%, whatever, all the way. You know what I'm saying? So they know that you're going to do that. So they know, they know you're a premium customer. You care about your credit. You pay, you, you know, you know, you're a good slave. So you're going to pay off the debt. They know that because you don't want to mess up the credit because you don't want to you know ruin your business and so on and so forth. So you're going to pay that higher interest when, it's, when it comes due, okay? They can, they can bet on you. They can bet on you to fill their pockets, okay? That's just the way it is. It's just the way it is, okay? So, um, <clears throat> so I am focusing on getting out of debt. I even think like, man, what, what would that look like if I didn't have a, have a car payment, you know? Like all of a sudden Dave Ramsey right now, is, is, his talking points are, are looking real good. Because before it was Robert Kiyosaki, where, you know, that's what the era I grew up in. 
uh, you know, with Robert Kiyosaki, you know, savers are losers, and they were. Let's not, let's, let's not, let's not knock Robert Kiyosaki. I haven't found anything about Robert Kiyosaki that he's ever said in, in any of his books, false, ever. And I still, to this day, I still look for, I, I read his books today. I, I read his, you know, his books many times, years ago. But I re, when I'm reading his books sometimes recently, I try to look for things that are incorrect. I can't find shit, you know? You know, so, but but he was right. He still is right in, in a sense, but he was more so right when he was, when he was, you know, rising to fame, I guess you can say, because interest rates were coming down. If interest rates are coming down, then there's no point in saving money. That's why you have the, you know, you know, when I, when I was going into the banking banking industry, you know, uh, in, um, interest, interest yields on savings accounts were, you know, 0.5%. Point, 0.5%. And I would have, you know, um, you know, baby boomers, they would always be coming in at the banks where I was working. Uh, what CD rates? Like, what the hell? Like, what the hell? Like, why would you want a CD? You know, b- before my time, though, CDs and CDs and savings accounts, they, and during their time when they were coming up, uh, uh, Generation X and Baby Boomers, or Baby Boomers, for Baby Boomers for the most part, they were getting, you know, 15, 20% on their savings account. That's a significant amount of money. You put a million dollars in the bank, you're getting $200,000 a year. That is significant. But what that does is it contracts the economy. It doesn't grow the economy because money's not being circulated, right? You're just taking money. You're just getting interest. You're taking money. So in terms of expanding, in order to expand, you have to lower rates so people stop saving. You have to lower rates to damn near zero so people stop saving and put the money in the economy, put the money in investments, put the money in crypto, put the money in the stock market, put the money, you know what I'm saying? You get it? Okay. So, so, so Robert Kiyosaki is right. Savers are losers because inflation and, and, you know, when you're expanding the economy, inflation starts going up. And if inflation's going up, you're really losing because if you have a thousand dollars, you can't, uh, you can't, you can't earn any interest on that thousand dollars in a savings account. And you're also losing the, 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 the value of your dollars are going down due to inflation. The cost of the things, the cost of things are increasing. So your thousand dollars doesn't get what a thousand dollars gets when you put the money in the bank. Your thousand dollars gets less and less and less because the economy keeps expanding and inflation keeps rising as a result. So savers are losers. Put your money in the real estate. Put your money in the stock. You see what I'm saying? So, 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 so he was right and savers are losers. And when I was coming up, that was the philosophy I took because that was the era I grew up in. Low interest rates, you know, to the 2008 financial crisis, interest rates went down when I was coming up. Okay. But now the tide is turning. All right. It's turning a little bit. And it, it may not turn, you know, forever. Obviously nothing's forever, but the next decade or so could be wrong. Could be higher interest rates. If, if the fed is the federal reserve is serious about beating inflation, if they're serious about that, if they're not serious about that, this conversation is useless. Okay. So you got to get out of debt because the, the, the variable rate, you know, if you're, if you have a fixed rate, that's cool. You know what I'm saying? Like you're, you're beating inflation. If you have a fixed rate already, you know, like 2%, 3% home mortgage, or, you know, 5%, 4% uh, auto loan, 
But you know, I think I think sometimes like, man, I gotta, you know, my auto loan plus my insurance is like seven, eight hundred dollars. I'm like, man, what would that look like? Right? What would that look like if I didn't have that? Okay. I would be able to weather the storm better. Because I'm not worried about a seven hundred dollar payment. If the storm is coming, I'll be able to weather it. Now, here's the the double edged sword to it. That I'm, that I'm, that I'm, I'm playing two sides, okay? So I'm getting out of debt, right? Getting out of debt, you know, bu- building my credit score, you know, right? Um, but also, I'm preparing myself to be able to borrow money. To be able to borrow as much money as I can on smart investments, right? So let's say... Let's say the housing market does eventually go down at some point, right? Now, who's going to be able to um, buy houses, apartments, whatever, you know, real estate? The people who can qualify for loans. Because at some point, if you, if you go back, and, and I, was, I was a little bit aware of this back in 2008, 9, 10, I would hear about banks giving away property. They were like, they were basically paying you to take property off of their hands. Foreclosures, right? Foreclosed apartment buildings, foreclosed duplexes, foreclosed triplexes, foreclosed homes, all that kind of stuff. That may never come back again, okay? Because we probably won't have a foreclosure crisis the way we had back then. It probably won't be that bad, you know what I'm saying? Um, Because, you know, people... uh, the way people got their mortgages were a lot more different than back then. Okay. They were giving mortgages. Anybody applying for a damn house was able to get a house back then. It's not, it hasn't been like that since. Okay. People who got houses now actually had income, actually had business, actually have good credit. You know, back then they just gave houses to whoever. But my point is you're going to be getting yourself in a position, right? To make investments. Okay, to make investments. And that's the second part. That, um, excuse me, that's the third thing we need to focus on. So the first one was cash flow. Second one is getting out of debt. And the next one is to be able to make investments, to save money, uh, save money, you know, as well, but also to be able to start making investments. Okay, so you're saving money, paying off your debt, and then you start paying yourself. See, once you pay off your debt, start paying yourself. That, you know, you are the bank. You know, you pay off the debt to become the bank. Owe yourself money. That is what I'm learning. Like, owing myself money. I actually skipped over skipped over a part of my notes that I wanted to go over. Um, um, yeah, owing, owing yourself money, I think, is a, is a powerful concept for me. Because I'm, I'm moving from not saving anything, because I'm not a saver. I was never a saver. Like I said, I came up during the era with savers or losers. Cool. So I'm, I'm transitioning to becoming a saver and an investor. Um, so I'm doing that right now and real quick, before we get started, let me take a, just a quick break. Be right back. Okay. I'm back. All right. So where were we? We were talking about getting out of debt and, um, making investments and transitioning that to uh, investments. Oh, then in between we were talking about, you know, becoming your bank owing yourself money and being diligent about paying yourself just like you are diligent about paying your rent your mortgage your credit cards all that money once you pay it pay that stuff off 
start using that some of my money and start paying yourself, putting your money into investment accounts, which I want to talk to at a, a, a different podcast. It's about um, um, some of the stuff I've been learning about different investment accounts and where to put money, cost-efficient ways to put money uh, away. But anyways, <clears throat> so if your debt is down, right, you're able to qualify for a larger uh, real estate mortgage. Now, if you're not in the real estate, that's fine, you know, but I've always been interested in real estate. I'm still, you know, finding my, my, um, I'm still researching and, and learning more about myself to see where does actually real estate fit into my investment portfolio, um, fit, fit into my investment future. Because I used to think that I was going to be, um, um, you know, in real estate, um, in terms of, you know, buying properties, uh, managing them or learning how to manage them and all that kind of stuff, just having properties. But now I'm like, I'm also interested in also maybe um, doing a little bit of both. I didn't realize you can do that until relatively recently. It was like, okay, let me be a passive investor. You know, yeah, my returns may not be the best. If I'm doing like a real, real estate investment trust or if I'm investing into a syndicate. Um, but, you know, yeah, sure, if I get my feet wet with, with a house or two or, uh, you know, five plex, six plex, something like that. Sure. You know, if the opportunity arises and I am not in need of money. Right. So I think that's where I'm going. It's like, okay, I don't want to need money and buy real estate. Okay. So real estate for me, in terms of investing actively, it's a side hustle. You know, so I think you, what happens is with real estate, you can really, you know, you can really find yourself into a deep hole if you're, if that's your source of income, if that's how you want to make money, and that's how a lot of people get into real estate. They think they're going to make money from the business of investing in real estate. Okay. That's, that's, that's not a good idea. You know, it may be a good idea if you're 18 or 19, you don't have any family, you don't have any, you know what I'm saying? Like that may be a, that may be a good idea, maybe, but even then it still should be a side hustle because you're going to make decisions that may not be smart if you need the money. But anyways, um, depending on where you are in life, where, I, where I'm at in life, it's like, if I get to a point where, you know, if, if my projections are accurate two, three years down the line, um, there's an opportunity to buy a 20-unit complex. And, you know, they're looking at my finances. They see that I'm, you know, debt-free for the most part. You know, I've, you know, my credit score is this X, Y, and Z. They can see how I, you know, I've been running, running my business for so long, you know, so many years and all this kind of stuff. I'm just financially well off. Um, <clears throat> it may not matter about my personal income and expenses as much as the properties. Cause sometimes that, that it works like that in commercial real estate. They don't really look at your income expenses per se, but you know, but they do look at you. They're, they're not going to not look at your financial self. But um, but I'm in a better position, I would say, if my personal debts are low or none. And then I want, you know, and I'm going to a bank saying, hey, you know, rates are starting to come down, you know, because they were high at one point. Now rates are coming down two, three years from now. You know, I want to borrow this money. I want to, you know, take advantage of this property and so on and so forth. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. Okay. I'm going to take it. You know, if, 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 if it's right. 
and then I, I'll, I'll keep that in my portfolio for my retirement. Because my thing is, I'm saving money. This is the, this is the third uh, thing we need to focus on to weather the storm of winter is start focusing on saving money, but not just saving money for the purpose of sa- for the purpose of saving money. It's saving money for the purpose of investing. Okay, whether it's real estate, it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be act active buying, right? I think like there's a place for maybe a few properties in my future where I'm active. I'm I'm an active um, uh, participant, meaning that I either manage it myself or I hire a team to manage it. That's still active even when you hire a team. What's passive is investing into a syndicate where you're just giving the money away, right? And then everybody else is handling or whoever else is involved in the syndicate is handling everything else or you're buying your real estate investment trust. I think for me, I would like to be diversified in all those areas. Okay, in all three of those areas, um, in addition to other investments that I want to make, right? So to start making, you know, when the time is right, start making investments in the real estate, making investments in the crypto, making investments in the stocks, individual stocks, and also index funds, uh, uh, ETFs, mutual funds, all that kind of stuff is what we're saving money for, okay? We're saving money for retirement, and the only way we're going to retire is to invest in assets, Okay, because the price of these assets are going to come down. They're going to come down. And if you prepare now, you will be in a better position to take advantage when there's sales. Right. When they're when people are trying to give away these assets because because nobody either qualifies to buy them or no one has the you know experience or financial solvency to to buy these things. You want to put yourself in a position where you can buy something that you don't necessarily need, like you don't need the money. You can you can actually you know think of it as an investment. Treat it like an investment and hold on to it for the rest of your life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or hold on to it until we get to a cycle that we just came out of. Like people don't really understand, like the cycle we literally we literally just came out of was the top, right? So let me give you a quick example. Commercial real estate, okay? Commercial real estate, generally speaking, okay, is valued based on a cap rate. And a cap rate is a percentage, okay? Is a percentage of the income, the total income, divided by your total cost, okay? And that, that rate is tied to the general interest rates let's say whether it's the uh the 10-year treasury yield right because here's how investment works if you can get a 10-year treasury let's say for 10 percent right now it's like i don't know three and they're gonna be a quarter uh, three and a half three six three point six percent or something like that and it's been increasing you know um let's say hypothetically the 10-year treasury or the 20, let's say, let's say 20 year treasury. Let's say the 20 year treasury is 10%. So you have a, 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 a annual yield of 10%. You have the choice of buying a 10 year, a 20 year treasury, excuse me, a 20 year US treasury, which is considered a safe, risk free asset. You're gonna put your money in a 10 year treasury, or you're gonna put your money in this apartment building that gives you 10%. 
what's what 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 would you do what's what would you do okay now some people who aren't you know who may not really understand you know who maybe have not thought about real estate like that they may say oh you're on on the real estate because the real estate could be valued at this that and the other that's not how investment works it works by percentage yield okay see you don't want to buy the, the commercial real estate deal. Why? Because for one, you could be, uh, you could be, you know, duped. I mean, you could be, you could be, you could be sold a lemon. Okay. Now, if you were sold a lemon, you're gonna be kicking yourself in the in, in the butt, saying, "Man, I could have just bought a t- twenty year treasury and made money." But nope, you bought a lemon. You know, that's a possibility. Okay. And then you, you're stuck with that lemon for God knows how long. You're gonna lose money, or you're gonna deal with. The uh, you're, you're going to deal with management. You're going to actively have to do things, probably. Okay, so you're going to you're going to volunteer to work when you could have did no work, buying a ten year treasury, or excuse me, I keep saying 10, 20 year treasury for ten percent, or you're going to work and earn ten percent buying a commercial building. No, okay. So um, let's see what's next. So you could have bought a lemon. Now you have to work. Um, um, oh, what if the market changes? What if the rents change? Okay, what if another building is built right next to yours that's much better than yours, much prettier than yours, and they're charging cheaper than yours, and then now you're you're dealing with vacancies. So it's risk, right? So there's there's basically unnecessary risk in buying the commercial real estate building, the apartment building, for example, opposed to buying a twenty year treasury note at 10%. So here's how it works. The real estate, the, the apartment building has to have a higher, has to have a higher interest rate for you to make sense of it. It has to be like 20%, honestly. You know, you want to get that thing at like 20, 25%. Uh, you want to buy it at a price of 20, 25%. Now here's here's uh, let me see if I can do some quick math right here. Uh, this is this I got myself into a pickle right here, so I'm gonna get a little complicated uh, and 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 uh, try to find some easy numbers. What are some easy numbers I can use to make this make sense? Let's say, okay, let's say, let's say the twenty year, let's say the let, let, let's just keep the math simple, okay? Let's say. Um, the twenty-year treasury note. Let's say you want to put a hundred thousand dollars into a twenty-year treasury note, and it yields ten uh, percent. Okay. Let's just say ten percent is equal to ten thousand dollars. It's not. It's way more than that because the interest is compounded. But let's just say, okay. Let's just say ten percent is ten thousand dollars interest. So that's your your profit is ten thousand dollars. Okay. Now, to do the same thing, in that. In the, in, the, in the apartment building, if you want to pay, put $100,000 into the apartment building, the cap rate, it's called the cap rate. Uh, so the, the yield on the treasury, the, the treasury, you know, the 10% is called a yield, but the uh, the equivalent, it's just a different name. But the apartment building is called a cap rate, and it just means the yield. It, all of it means interest, the money you're getting in return for buying the asset, okay? Now, the apartment building yields 10% as well. Let's just say, for example, let's say it's 10% over the, the, the over 20 years. 
so um, you get $10,000, okay? Now, we've already discussed that the apartment building is way more, obviously it, it inherit, you inherit way more risk than the treasury note. So in order to buy the apartment building, you need a higher yield, okay? You need a higher yield. You need a higher cap rate for it to make sense because you're taking on all this extra risk. Let's say instead of 10% cap rate, let's say you need a 20% cap rate. So you, this cap rate needs to be 20%, okay? Now you have $100,000, How much do you need to buy that property to make 20%? Now, the 20%, let's say the $10,000 in profit is fixed. So you're going to get $10,000 no matter what. $10,000, okay? $10,000 of $100,000 is 10%. Now, $10,000 of what is equal to 20%? So in order to get a 20% return on this property, you would have to, let's see if I can do the math real quick. What is 10,000? Uh, 10,000 divided by 20% is what? This is what happens when you try to do math live. The blood starts flowing through your brain and you forget how to do the math. Okay, so 10,000 divided by 20% is $50,000. Okay, it looks like my phone froze, so I'm not sure where you heard me last, but I think I, I stopped where I was pulling up the calculator on my phone. So um, let me start there. So I did, I did the math. Uh, I said, what, how do we make $10,000 20%? What is $10,000 20% of? So $10,000 is 20% of what? $10,000 is you know 20% of 50,000. Okay. So what does that mean? So let's break it down a little bit. Let's go back. So the cap rate on that property needs to be 20%. Okay. It's going to, it's going to kick out $10,000 no matter what, because the rents are what the rents are. Okay. It's going to kick out $10,000 in profit or, you know, in profit to you, but you need that $10,000 to be a 20% return to make it worth it for you. Otherwise, you're just going to keep your 10% at a, at a treasury, at, um, at a 20-year treasury at 10%. So in order to buy that apartment building, they would have to sell it to you for $50,000. Now, what, now what's better? Buying this apartment building for $50,000 at a 20% return? Or are you going to go with the... U.S. Treasury note, a 20-year U.S. Treasury note at 10%. You have $100,000 to invest, okay? You have $100,000 to invest. You're going to get $10,000 if you put in the Treasury note. 
And then if you put it in this apartment building, you're only going to spend 50,000 of your 100,000. And then you also get a 20% return. They would have to sell it to you at a lower price. So that's how cap rates work. The higher the cap rate, the lower the price. The lower the cap rate, the higher the price. The higher the cap rate, the lower the price of the, the, of the asset. The lower the cap rate, the higher the price of the asset, which is why which is why we've, which is why um, if you you know, look at cap rates or look at um, real estate, commercial real estate over the last, I don't know, you know, 10 years or so, the cap rates are like, you know, three, 5%. So cap rates are that, because cap rates are that low because the alternative investment, which is a, a risk-free investment in the U.S. Treasury, whether it's a 10-year, 20-year, 30-year, whatever, it's 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 in relation to those risk-free assets. So the question is, you can get a risk-free return back then for one percent because the U.S. Treasury is one percent. Okay, in order for you to buy the apartment building, which has more risk, it has to have a higher interest rate. It has to have a higher you know the interest rate is called a, a, a cap rate. It, it's the same number. The profit, you know, the interest to you, the cap rate, okay? The cap rate has to be, you know, higher. It has to be 3%, for example, for it to make sense. And with low cap rates, the price of the asset skyrockets. So that's why interest rates are so important. When the interest rates are low, that means prices are high. The federal funds rate is low. Prices are going to be high. When the federal funds rate is high, prices are going to be low on assets. Okay, I mean, I, the, the, there's no way to really explain that completely in a podcast. You know, um, you have to. I know a lot of you may, got that. I know a lot of you already understand this, and I hope to explain it in a way where it's like, oh, it's, it's understandable in my examples. I, I hope so, but if not. Go into Google, go into YouTube, and type in how do cap rates work? What is the relationship between the federal funds rate and asset prices? Google that stuff and, and look it up yourself so there could be more examples and more time for you to, to understand this. But that's where that's where I'm saying what I'm saying. It's because winter's gonna be coming because if 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 the if the goal is to beat inflation, the only way to be in, beat inflation for the most part is to increase is to inc increase the federal funds rate, and what that does is that's going to increase the U.S. Treasury rates. They're going to keep going up, okay, um, and um, and then you know, and, and unemployment is going to have to increase as well. On a separate note. Uh, unemployment is going to have to keep increase as well to help beat inflation. So the first thing is going to be is increasing the rates, with they, which they already been doing. They've already been increasing the federal funds rate. They've been doing it, doing that. The second part that hasn't been done yet, and it can't be done directly, is to increase unemployment. When that happens, that's when the real shit's going to hit the fan.
That's the, that's when the real shit is gonna hit the fan. Because right now people are in denial, right? So people are still holding on to these high prices of their real estate. They're they're putting their homes on the market for the these high prices, and they don't want to come down because, man, man, just two months ago I was able to sell this. I would I would have been able to sell this property for X amount of dollars. I don't want to go down. I don't want to decrease my 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 prices. You know, everybody's in denial. They don't want to sell their assets right now. Because literally just a couple of months, they were able to get top dollar. They were able to get top dollar a couple of months ago. So there's a lot of denial in the market right now. But once the shit hits the fan, all right, when it hits the fan, they're going to be selling. When they start selling, it's going to be even more selling. Gonna be panic selling. Okay. Now, I could be wrong about all of this. But that's how it works. If if it's gonna work that way, if it's gonna go that direction, that's how it works. That's what's gonna happen. That's I'm literally saying what's going to happen if we go in that direction into beating inflation. If that is true go. If we're not being played right now, and it's a possibility we are being played. So, I mean, look, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm operating on this thesis, but look, I, I'm not going to be, um, if, if I'm wrong, I'm still going to be doing good. <laughs> if I'm wrong, I'm still going to be doing great. I mean, I, I'm not going to have all the, uh, you know, uh, all the gains in, 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 in my crypto and all that kind of stuff. And I sold all that. I sold all that. I still have some exposure into Ethereum, but I got rid of everything. So I'm not going to experience, you know, all the super gains if we, if this is the bottom where we're at now, I'm not gonna experience all the gains. I'm not. You know what? I'm cool with that. I'm actually, I'm actually cool with that because I'll be worse off if I didn't prepare and the shit hits the fan. I'll be worse off, more worse off than I, than I would be better off if I did nothing and the opposite happened. That's all I got for you guys. Um, <clears throat> man, you know, I'm I'm very appreciative, you know what I'm saying, for folks tuning in. You know, I'm very appreciative. I just want to say that. Um, and until next time, you know, stay up. Stay up. Stay smart. Stay vigilant. And, and really, really, um, really start taking, taking um, the future seriously, you know. Taking the future seriously is a serious thing. The future is coming. Whatever the future is, it's coming. Okay? And I just want us to take it seriously. I want us to be prepared. Uh, I, I want us to win. Okay? Now, I want us to win. <laughs> I want us to win by not losing. Okay? Even when you're not losing, you're winning. Okay? So, uh, that's all I got for you guys. Thank you guys. Until next time. Peace.